Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Well, hello, hello, hello everybody. Sisterhood, welcome to Sisterhood this morning to the Friendship Table. We are so grateful and we're so glad that you have gathered today and that we've gathered together and we have such a beautiful group of women who are, who are joining me at the table today, uh, which I'm so excited for. Uh, so we have Taya over here. Everybody knows and loves <laughs> Taya. Taya is an incredible, which, which, which camera am I looking at? This one? Uh, uh, Taya is an incredible worship leader and songwriter and such a beautiful friend. And I'm so grateful for you, Taya. I'm so grateful that mm. you're going to cry already. I know. She's like, her eyes are welling up already. They're so, getting glassy. Yes, this is going to happen. But I'm just grateful for your friendship and that you're always such an encouragement to me personally and to everybody. We love you so much. You're so um, humble and, yeah, you Yes, we just love you. And then we also have a double portion of Amanda's <laughs> here this morning. Woo. So we have Amanda Ferguson. Amanda is um, a teacher at our college um, and a, a faithful part of our church. And again, I'm so grateful for you, Amanda, because you are so pastoral and so caring. And I was um, reminiscing about uh, in the height of COVID, um, I received a call from Amanda and she said, oh, this is just a pastoral pastoral call just to see how you are and how the family is. And I just love and value that um, about you, Amanda. So thank you for being here. I'm excited to hear from, from you today. And then also Amanda, <laughs> Amanda Stanmore, who is um, our young adults pastor at our Hills campus yep. and, um, and on our pastoral care staff. And mum, mum to baby girl Ava. How old's Ava now? She's, she's, sorry, she'll be 11 months next week. Wow. I know. That's flying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, COVID babies. It just goes like that. Um, so, Amanda, you are just so lovely, so sweet. We went to high school together. You were a couple of years younger than, than me, but I have a lot of memories of being at school and Amanda would come with her beautiful long arms and just wrap her <laughs> arms around me and give me hugs. And, and so it's so lovely that you're here today as well. And, um, and I'm looking forward to um, having a conversation around the table. And it's been beautiful uh, the last couple of weeks. Last mm -hmm. week with Carolee and mm -hmm. Dee and Han was, was awesome. And I loved that thought about lengthening the table. Mm -hmm. um, so powerful. And today I thought what we could, what we could talk about is um, generations. And I think there's so much beauty and so much power when we invite um, and we make room for the young and the old or older, not necessarily old, but older at the table. Yeah. And we celebrate that and we honour that and we respect that. It's so 
uh, beautiful and it's so powerful and it's such a, I think, such a picture of the church. Mm-hmm. And um, I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about in Proverbs, um, even on the first, the first week, the first week that we had this, uh, that we had this table, I mentioned a, a Bible verse, and I've been thinking about it over the last couple of weeks. And in Proverbs twenty, verse verses twenty nine to thirty, it says this: We admire the young, we admire the young for their strength and beauty, but it is the dignity of the old that is their wisdom. And that thought to me is so beautiful because. It just shows that we can celebrate the strengths of the generations. We can celebrate that, um, you know, the enthusiasm and the passion and the beauty and the strength that is in the youth and in in those who are younger. But it is the wisdom of the older, the older that when we lean into that, it's it's so beautiful and it's so powerful and it's so necessary. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, especially in in the days and the and the times that we're living in, it's so necessary to lean into one another, and to and to celebrate one another. And I think um, unity in the generations, mm-hmm. how powerful when there's when we are unified. And so um, I had a look at the current generations, the living, the, the current living generations. So we have um, traditionalists uh, who otherwise known as the silent generation. So they were born between 1928 and 1945. So they'd probably be on the older side right now. <laughs> then we have the baby boomers. Yeah, the boomers. Um, <laughs> born between 1946 and, and 1964. Then we have... That's me. Oh. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> Yay, Amanda. <laughs> then we have um, Generation X, born uh, between 1965 and 1980. Then the millennials, uh, born, <laughs> born between 1981 and 1995. Then we have Generation Z, yeah. born between 1996 and 2010. And then the up and comers, the next gen are Generation Alpha, or otherwise known as Centennials. And um, I spoke a message um, a while ago um, to our youth a few years ago about the generations. And in Psalm 145 verse four, it says, generations after generations, Praise thy works. And in the message translation, it says each generation tells their story, tells their story. And there's a power, there's power in each generation telling their story of God's glory, of the work of the Lord in, yeah. in their lives and how that is being defined through a generation. And um, and I think one of the most you know detrimental things that I think that we could do as the church and for the kingdom of God is to turn the generations against one another. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that that would be one of the scheme of the enemies uh, toward the church today is to turn the young, younger and the older against one another. And I think so there's power, there's such um, critical uh, necessity for us to recognise, recognise that and to recognise that actually the beauty and the and the um, you know the I guess the attractive uh, nature of being unified is actually what the world needs mm-hmm. is what the world needs from the church today, and in First Peter uh, two verse seventeen it says this: recognize the value of every person uh-huh. and continually show love to every believer. Live your lives with great reverence 
and in holy awe of God. Honour, honour. I love that word. Honour your rulers. And so just for for me, before we get into this conversation, I just had a a few thoughts um, around, I think, hallmarks. Like I've called them hallmarks that define the church and our church when it comes to the generations. And um, if I could firstly speak about the younger. I think the younger are the church. They are the church. They're not uh, just on the side. And I've always loved that about our kids' ministry and our youth ministry is that we believe that they are the church. It's not just a, a babysitter's program on the side, but we bring them into the heart and soul of the church. Um, I would say that we encourage the younger. We encourage them. How beautiful is it when we are believed in mm. and when we believe in others? It can change your world. It can change your whole perspective. It can it can change your belief in yourself when somebody else who is a little bit older, uh, that much far ahead, comes and believes in you and encourages you. There is great power in that. Um, I think we be- we em- empower we empower younger people into leadership roles, and that's something that I've always loved as a youth pastor. Um, is that it's like, we call it almost like a leadership factory where we're just, you know, there's leaders left, right and centre, young leaders who are leading and influencing in their lives and not just the future, but but the now. It's beautiful. Um, and then some thoughts about uh, the older, again, not old, older, um, the mature, <laughs> that's right. We honour, we honour the older. You know what I want to say is um, respect. Respect is cool. Like uh, voicing your support and your gratitude is cool. It's it's awesome. It's beautiful. It's powerful. It's countercultural, and I think that um that that when we honor we honor those who have gone before us. We're honoring God mm-hmm. and we're honoring the Word of God. Um, we lean into um their wisdom and experience. We lean into their wisdom and experience. I think um, we seek out wisdom and we should seek out wisdom. In in Proverbs 4, it teaches us, it teaches us to seek out wisdom. And so there's there's beauty and power in that. And I think this, I think we just value their presence. We just value their presence because I think there's a safety and there's a security um, in just having those who are older around us, just their very presence brings a sense of safety and security. And um, in Hosea 11 verse 3, I love this. It says this, Yet it is I who taught Ephraim to walk, um, taking them in my arms, nurturing the young nation. And I have a baby girl. Her name is Lola and she... Um, She's walking, she's running now, uh, you know, but we've just gone through that season where I've, I've been teaching her to walk and I'm holding her, her hands up and I'm leading her and I'm guiding her and, um, and you know, she took a couple of steps, you know, and you're like, woo, you get the, you know, the whole family joined in this chorus of applause when she took her first steps. Um, but as a mother, I'm there to hold up her arms, to lead her, to guide her, but to be there if she falls as well. I'm there to, to catch her when she falls. And I think that's the power of having older women yeah. and those who are mothers, spiritual mothers and mentors and people who are, who are there just present because they're there to cheer us on um, 
and to hold our hands up and to lead us and to guide us, but they're also there to catch us when we fall. And I know every single one of us in our heart of hearts uh, need that and uh, and would want that. And so um, I thought as we kick off this conversation, uh, maybe we could share, each of us just share, someone, um, someone older who has at some point in your life been a wise voice for you personally. Maybe we can start with you, Amanda. Okay, it's an interesting <laughs> one because um, in terms of um, ministry, there wasn't really many women around um, in my little church back in Nottingham, but in terms of family, that's what I remember. And I had a friend called Maureen who was 10 years older than me. And when Catherine was born, she heard me speaking to Catherine and I used to say things like, you're a little monster, aren't you? And I would say it really affectionately, but it was the way that I'd heard uh, my parents talk to their children, you know. And she picked me up and she said, you shouldn't do that because one day Catherine will understand what monster means and she'll remember and that'll confuse her. And it was just a tiny thing, but it it changed the way I spoke to my daughter because I thought, well, she doesn't know what I'm saying. It's the tone of voice that matters. Mm -hmm. But actually she reminded me that it did and helped my parenting. Yeah, wow. Wow. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you, Maureen. Yeah, thank you, Maureen. Maureen. I have an auntie, Maureen, actually. You do, yeah. Tay, what about you? Um, When I heard that question, I was just thinking, um, I mean, I feel like I could could say many at the table here, um, even like Carolee and Hannah, Mm -hmm. definitely, they're not that much older than me, they're a couple of years, but (laughs) I'll hold it to them. Um, But Wait, hold on, do you remember that time you were talking about, oh, there's this beautiful lady. From the hills. From the hills. Because I didn't know... I mean, Annie Garrett is she, another yeah, amazing... Yeah, and Taya was like. talking about Annie Garrett, but <laughs> all of us, and she like did this long spiel, and all of us were thinking it was somebody like in their 60s, 70s, and because, then it ended up being Annie. Because as I was going, I was like, do we call ourselves girls? Because, I don't know, we're all kids in, in the sight of the Lord, so we're children. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it, it just wasn't sticking like the exact moment, so... I'm actually going to recall from 2019, I got the opportunity to go to an amazing worship conference in Canada. And this um, mature man of 71 years old took the platform and he stood up there and he spoke a message about Jesus. And he spoke his revelation because he was a, um, he still is a theologian. And he spoke um, about what had changed in the heavens because of Jesus and to have someone that would come to a conference that was basically full of young people um, and felt a responsibility to help steward the generation so people would truly know who it was that we worship and the theology of what we believe and why we believe it and the beauty of Scripture and how it's God-breathed. And um, I was so blown away that this 71-year-old man would come to a place where I think I was 30, I was just newly married and for me that had such an impact because it has changed the way that I worship Jesus. It's changed the way that I read my Bible and I started writing the following year. Um, And it just gave me a deeper revelation about who it is that I get to worship and sing to and um, 
have a covenant relationship with. Mm. And I just think it's so important, the generations. Like if I hadn't have had that moment, who knows how long it would have taken for me by myself to discover it. And I know God's kind and He could bring me at any point on the journey. Um, And He's not limited to those moments. But I just think if He hadn't have had that revelation about I'm here as a responsibility to help the next generation understand and I guess stand on my shoulders, then, you know, it it stirred within me the importance of um, not just leaning in, but having people who would be willing to use their voice to speak Mm -hmm. into the next generation. And it stuck with me. And it's Isaiah and Revelation and the difference that Jesus made in the heavenlies. And it's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's um, it's so cool to think about God with his, you know, obviously he has the big picture and he uses certain people in our lives mm. and and how these people end up being instruments yeah. in terms of our own personal purpose yeah. and calling and God works and orchestrates all these kind of things together um, in order to have a huge impact so that we actually get it. We get what we're supposed to be, be doing and where we're supposed to be heading. Yeah. And... Um, and, you know, just the fact that you were there, you know, yeah. and he was there. Yeah. And he, he brought those stories together. Yeah. And look at the, the fruit of that, the impact of that. And I'm still not over the stories. Yeah. Like I, I still read them and I'm still like, God, what is it that you want me to get mm. from this? And, um, yeah, it, I, I think that's a picture of what the generations should be. And like you said, you, we're talking about unity. Mm. We need that more than ever. But where there's unity, God commands a blessing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the message, it talks about how it's like oil that drips down the mm-hmm. robes and it goes right down to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And so it's like we, we need that that oil, that anointing, that unity within the house of God. And so hopefully yeah. we can all put our hands to the plow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, and, I, and I even love that as a thought is just the fact, just the fact that we're sitting here today is anointed yeah. Um, yeah. with the presence of God. Pretty beautiful. Amanda? Yes. Well, you were just talking about people being instrumental. For me, it would be my grandma. I call her Ma and she's 82 years young and full of wisdom. I've always, I guess, growing up with her around, um, known her to be a woman of prayer. But um, I think approaching my 20s was very interesting. It had a lot of possibility. There was a lot of excitement. But um, at 21, I found myself quite heartbroken. My now husband broke up with me, which we can now (laughs) laugh about, right? Like we can laugh about it now. But to be honest, at the time, I was really heartbroken. Um, We'd been dating for three years and I think I kind of anticipated the next couple of years to pan out a bit differently to what they look like. And so um, every year she would usually, because she lives in South Africa, um, so when I was when I lived there, she would write me a card and usually have a verse attached to it. Now it's more of a text message. Um, And that year she um, put Psalm 20 verse four as my verse, which was, may he grant you the desires of your heart. And I actually didn't know what that verse was gonna entail and what it would mean for me that year, because obviously Mm -hmm. Rob and I had broken up. But that was a verse I held on to for that season. And I feel like she's been that person for me to bring scripture at just the right time in the seasons that I've been in to help me, I guess, find Jesus in and amongst where I'm at. 
um, and point me towards him, you know. So even things that I've taken for granted over the years, like Psalm 23 or Psalm 91, very famous scriptures that maybe I've kind of known, they've come more real and more like of a conviction in my life in my 20s because they're now my life verses. Mm -hmm. They're the verses that I feel like I've built my life on because... I've had the seasons of walking it out and trusting God as my shepherd or as my protector or the God who understands the desires of my heart and has every desire to fulfil them in his timing. So I think for me it would be my ma just Mm. um, coming alongside me, being patient enough to be a safe place and listen, Mm. but also direct me towards him and his word and um, find peace in that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so lovely. I was thinking about... um, there is a woman who some of you may may know, um, but her name is Marie de Jong um, in New Zealand. And for whatever reason, since I was a little girl, she's just always seen something in me and given me um, like opportunities well before I had proven myself, like well before she knew like if I could even speak. And she she invited me to her women's conference when I was only 21 to be like a speaker and alongside, you know, like Christine Kane and Priscilla Shirer and like all these incredible people. And, um, and you know, I was thinking she, she had me speak this year as well. And um, I just was thinking about the fact that like she saw something in me mm-hmm. and she believed in me and she gave me an opportunity as well and um and I just I just know that that she has been so instrumental in in my sense of belief in myself um just that she would she would allow me that that honor uh to speak at her women's conference so yes pretty pretty wonderful and on that note um maybe we could share like someone someone younger in our world uh that we see the gold in and um and maybe the opportunity to to mentor them or pass things down like in in um in in psalm 145 where it says one generation shall pass you know pass what is that pass thy works down (laughs) commend thy works commend thy works yes thank you um yeah what about you tay um well, I felt challenged when you sent that question through because um, I'm always trying to keep it personal. Mm. I feel challenged because usually I would be traveling, so I'd have to be really intentional with my time when I do get to come home. Mm. And so it would be a smaller range of girls that I would be investing into, whether it's it's usually like within my, you know, trying to keep it local context, our local city campus, up-and-coming amazing worship, worship gals and um, being intentional with who I have coffee with mm-hmm. and meals with mm-hmm. and um, texts and calls. And obviously it looks different um, depending where I am in the world. Mm-hmm. But over the last year, you know, we've had COVID and it's shut down the world. So I haven't been traveling at all. Mm-hmm. And so I've been feeling quite convicted about, okay, so now that we can um, meet together and you're allowed to have people in your home and what are the relationships that I've been investing into or maybe where I haven't and where I should be stepping into the fray. Um, And I feel like I've been having that conversation with quite a few of my like older, um, wiser friends. Mm. Um, And we've been talking about, I think you mentioned it before, about being spiritual mothers to to people and and, um, even say like you mentioned all the generations before 
the generations below me are dealing with things that I never had to deal yeah, with right. and, th- and facing things that I didn't have to deal with mm-hmm. growing up. And we know being girls, like, I feel like there are things coming at you with, like, your identity mm-hmm. and your value and which, thank goodness for the sisterhood, placing mm-hmm. value upon yeah. womanhood everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, but not everyone has that experience. And so I feel super challenged to not be frustrated when I don't understand, say, younger generational responses to particular things going on in society right now, but actually choosing, like Amanda was saying before, to be patient Mm -hmm. and to come alongside prayerfully and um, to help instill and embody values and the truth of the word and what does Jesus say about how we respond and what does Jesus say about how we're to love people. And and like you said, you know, and maybe you didn't say this, but like iron sharpens iron. It's like we're meant to come together. And yeah. so whilst I'm not going to say like particular names mm-hmm. of people, I've felt the the weight of stepping into maybe where there's been a gap mm-hmm. or maybe where I haven't fully taken mm-hmm. my place in that gap for local context girls. Um, I'm feeling the responsibility and the shift and the conviction, the passion to go, okay, um, you know, I, it was actually Brookie was sharing at a Hillsong worship thing recently, just in-house, and she was saying, you know, if we don't use our voice, someone else is going to use the voice, like that space that you wow. aren't taking up, right. and it's going to be, um, they're going to speak, and, and young people are going to listen to that, and they're going to, you know, take that and just go, cool, sweet, you know, but it's like, but are we inhabiting that space speaking truth? Are we inhabiting that space going, what does Jesus say about that? Mm-hmm. And but the challenge to be able to step into that place is um, relationship. Mm-hmm. Do we have relationship? Right. I can't just come in and go, blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. Jesus never did that. He, came, he went and had meals with people. Yes. He, yeah. he, you know, called people out by name and, and, he, and he called the gold out in people before. You know, like he was saying to all the disciples, like, hey, you know, whilst they were collecting the taxes and no one loved that. And he called them by name and said, hey, like, c- come follow me, like, and the person's like, what? And they just have this response. And so it's like, am I doing that with people? Am I like coming alongside? Am I calling out the gold? Am I um, choosing to listen? Am I choosing to be patient? Am I, because there's things on both sides that we like, mm. to go where God's calling the church, like we need each other. Yeah. Like you said, it's it would be the worst thing for us to leave a generation behind because yeah. there'll be a gap. Mm. And so... Rise up, yay. Yeah, rise up, yeah. That's it. <laughs> Challenging myself in that. Yeah, <laughs> and I think as well, I think it's good for us to remember as well, mm-hmm. there is that that burden of responsibility yeah. and that we should feel the weight of that. But also, it sometimes it doesn't take much, yeah. you know, and I think sometimes we, we, I put a lot of like, I don't know, a pressure on ourselves to to really meet the needs of others, but really like just a, a, a simple encouragement yeah. or inviting someone over for a meal. I know Robert and yourself, you've had us over for, for a meal and um, it just, you know, it's so simple, but so, um, so impactful. And so, mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's true. How about you, Amanda? Um, I... I know for me, there was a girl who um, joined our church a couple of years ago and so lovely, just was longing for community, just finished high school and um, had found herself in a place where she she was just very shy, very timid, but just wanted to get to know a few more people. And so 
Um, she joined Powerhouse, got involved, and um, you could see she just had this longing to serve and be part of it. Like she wanted to do car park every week, so we were happy to have her on car park every week. Um, and you could see so much potential in her. But what I didn't realise was um, she had gone for a leadership position within her school um, the year before and didn't get any anything. So she wasn't a prefect or a school captain or anything. And um, she'd opened up to me and eventually said that she kind of had this notion that leadership was just not on her life, that she didn't have the potential yeah. to be a leader. And because of that, she's just kind of been okay with being shy and very timid. But there was something within it and a longing to serve and be part of it. And I mean, if you look at her now, she's incredible, very, very gifted in loving people and serving people. And I think that's actually just it, isn't it? It's just loving people and serving people. But um, I think what I loved is that there was potential. And like you were saying, Laura, it doesn't take much sometimes. It's just calling it out and encouraging. And sometimes people have to borrow your confidence. (laughs) I've had to do that countless times where I'm like, I don't have the confidence to do this, but I'm going to borrow yours because you've got it. And I think for her, it was that moment of, I don't know, could I do this? And I I said to her, I'm like, yes, you can. But I think there's great um, power in instilling confidence, but also competence as well, upskilling people and actually helping them and supporting them and being there for them. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, that person comes to mind because yeah, like I said, if you look at her now, she's amazing at what she does. And even in the field of work that she's doing, she's leading people. Right. But it's amazing how seeds were sown of doubt and lack of potential and how she almost had to uproot those seeds and go, this is not actually something I'm going to believe. I'm going to plant the seeds of and water the seeds of I have the potential to be a leader and God's called yeah. me to be a leader in my workspace and my connect group. So. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. So cool. Amanda? The other one? <laughs> yeah. Every time <laughs> you say it, I'm like... <laughs> Look, I mean, I've got so many generations below me now. And sort of, <laughs> actually, I think that's something that um, is interesting. Like Taya, I couldn't pick on one person, you know, over 31 years in the college and 40-odd <laughs> years of pastoring. Um, I've got sons and daughters around the world. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I think um, intentionality is important. I think those intentional conversations, as you said, only has to be, you know, a question, an encouragement, five minutes or a coffee or something that just can make a difference. And also not, you know, as pastors, we can often be responding to need and drama, but to actually look for people who aren't having problems but just to speak into their lives. You know, you're not just sort of trying to crisis manage, but you're actually speaking to people's lives, which may avoid a crisis down the track. I think that's important. Mm. But, you know, looking at all of you watching, um, wherever (laughs) you are, around Australia or around the world, can I encourage you, there are people in your world who need you to see the gold in them. I mean, in the, the students in this building who haven't seen their family for two years and who need to be invited home for lunch. You know, there are young songwriters who need encouraging, young parents who need encouraging. There's always people that we can encourage and reach out to. Yeah, that's right. 
Well, on that note, maybe you could just spend a, a few minutes. I asked, I asked you if you could just talk about um, spiritual mothers and fathers and, and the value in, in having those people in your life and in your walk with, with the Lord. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to actually. Um, it's difficult when you're looking in the Bible to, um, you know, a lot of the language is about fathers. So you have to understand that when we say fathers, we mean mothers as well. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to read you a few verses from Paul, who I love. In 1 Corinthians 4, he says this. He says, even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I have sent to you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. I love the fact that Paul felt safe to send his young um, disciple Timothy to the Corinthian church, knowing that the way he had lived before Timothy reflected Jesus and he could confidently send him. And Paul says later in 1, 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, he says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And when I'm thinking about being a spiritual parent, that's absolutely what I think we should be seeking to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that uh, one of, we learn from others, but then they learn from us. Yeah. Paul's using this language of a father, the typical father who would train his, his son up in whatever he was being apprenticed with. I mean, Jesus learned to be a carpenter from his father, and then he learned how to be Messiah from his heavenly father. He only did what his father was doing, said what his father was saying. So first of all, you know, when we're asking people to follow our example, then we need to make sure that that example is following Christ. And Paul could confidently say that. If you follow my example, um, you're following the example of Christ. So it's not do as I say, but do as I do. That's a challenge for me. Yeah. You know, we can say all the right yeah. stuff, but are we actually living it? You know, yeah. that's the challenge. And um, John Flavel was a 16th century Puritan. Sure, you didn't know you were going to hear from him today. <laughs> but he said, follow no man one step further than he follows Christ. Wow. And I think um, when we're looking to someone to a, for a spiritual parent, the danger is, and you were saying, um, you know, the, the challenges of younger generations, the danger is we think, if I imitate this person, will I become famous like them? Can I become a celebrity? You know, will I become successful, admired like them? That's not the question we should be asking. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We should be asking, you know, is this person reflecting Jesus's life and values and love? And that is what I want to follow. So as a spiritual parent, what a huge challenge to me or to any of us to go, am I following Christ's example? Am I pointing them yeah. to Christ? That is the best thing I can do yeah. as a spiritual parent is to point them. And so that doesn't mean we have to be, you know, 
completely like Jesus, because just as well, if we wait till then, we're, we're sunk, aren't we? <laughs> but that we encourage people that they only follow in us what is Christ-like. Yeah, I so I, I often talk about Bobby. Um, she's not here, so I'll uh, embarrass her. But I often talk about Bobby and I say, I don't have to look like her or dress like her um, or speak like her. But there are qualities yeah. in her that are Christ-like, including yeah. her passion for justice, things like yeah. that, that I absolutely aspire to. Yeah. Yeah. And so that helps you to understand what you're looking for, your, your spiritual parent. So in terms of parenting, you know, what potential do I see that I can nurture and encourage? And I'm always looking for that. Um, am I helping a person towards maturity? You may only be in their lives for a little while, and that's fine. You know, some of my students I've spent one, two, three years with, but I'm still in touch with them many years after, but I'm not that role with them anymore. They've moved on to become spiritual parents themselves. Um, so how, what is the step that you're calling me to help them on their journey to yeah. maturity, on their Beautiful. journey to becoming Christ-like? And then I think the heart check, am I cheering them on to be more than I could ever be? <laughs> wow. Or am I feeling threatened? Am I competing? Mm. And you have to deal with that in your yeah. life. You know, that moment when you realize that your young student is going to be a better songwriter than you could ever be, <laughs> is going to be a better preacher than you yeah. could ever be. But what joy when you realise that's what it's all about. You know, we are meant to, as we've been talking all along, cheer the generations on, but ultimately to become more like Jesus. Mm, powerful. <laughs> Thank you, Amanda. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Well, oh, that was very rich. And I, I don't know about you, how you felt, but when you started speaking, I just felt a deeper, deeper level of anointing in, in this conversation. And so uh, we'll pray. And then um, I thought for, for you girls, wherever, wherever you are, I know many, uh, many of you are gathered around tables in, in rooms at your campuses and, or maybe you're on your own and, and that's okay too. Maybe you could pull out a journal and, and write down some thoughts, but I wanted to leave you with some questions just to continue the conversation. So I thought we could talk about how we can be more intentional, how we can be more intentional to mother and nurture the generations uh, younger than us? And how can we be more intentional to lean into um, spiritual mothers and fathers? So uh, you can go ahead and, and continue that conversation. Uh, but before we go, I'll just, I'll just pray for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much uh, for this time that we have together. I thank you for the table, Lord, that this is your table and that we um, are, are so uh, grateful. We're so grateful to be able to gather around your table and to have these beautiful conversations um, that honor that honor you and honor your word and seek seek to honor you and honor your word. And and Lord Jesus, I pray for your girls. Um, I pray that you would bless them indeed, bless their households, bless their their friendships. And I pray that. 
um, that the church would be more unified and strengthened um, as we leave and as we um, embark on on bringing this unity in in the generations. We love you, Lord, and we worship you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen, amen, amen. We love you. Goodbye. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.